patterns, permutations, time, rhythm, coordination, meter, concentration, tempo, modulation, groove. Welcome to the Drum Mantra Podcast. This is Rich Stitzel, and it's time to go deeper with your practice. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Drum Mantra Podcast, episode 63. I sure you can tell that I'm coming to you from a car, <laughs> just like the old days when I used to do my podcasts from the car. Um, I'm actually in Texas right now, and I hit the ground running yesterday and landed and just had a minute to rest for, and eat and then went to a drum clinic and did a drum mantra drum clinic and then right after that, we did a drum mantra intensive at James G. Music in Burleson, Texas. It was a ton of fun. What a great group of guys. A handful of guys from University of North Texas came out. And then a couple other professional drummers came out from the uh, just the surrounding Metroplex area. And uh, that was a lot of fun to do. And then that night, last night, I did my 20th reunion show with a band that I started when I lived in Texas, and we were only a band for six months in Texas, and then I moved to Chicago, and ever since then, we've been playing reunion shows, so can't even believe it, but we just had our 20th reunion concert last night, sold out show, completely packed line out the door before we even started playing. It was pretty awesome. Um, that was a great experience. That's uh, Bertha Coolidge's Aiden Bubeck on bass, Paul Metzger on guitar, and Joey Carter on vibraphone and organ. And yeah, we've been like this. We call it uh, Texas Garage Jazz. It's kind of just funky. It's kind of like we, we call it a cross between Kenny G and a, and a Mack truck. You just you know, or Kenny G at a tractor pull, I think we used to say. <laughs> Very Texas to uh, talk about kind of funky groove jazz in that way, but that's kind of what it's like getting hit by a Mack truck. Anyway, uh, that was fun. And then this morning, I got to spend a little time with my sister and my little three-year-old niece. And I have to tell you, when we left Chicago, it was negative 22 degrees, and it is now... Let's see here. Where's the temperature of this car? It's, uh, I think it's 56 degrees, which, gosh, that feels amazing. Uh, I'm heading to a rehearsal now for another band that I used to play in, uh, the Brad Thompson and his Undulating Band. And we are doing our reunion show. And I started playing in that band in 1994. So this would be 26 years that I've been in that band. Um, I moved to Chicago in 2001, so I was in that band for seven years, and it felt like an entire musical career with that band. I mean, we just on the road all the time. We played at least four nights a week for, for all seven of those years. And then I continued to come back and do shows with them since I've lived in Chicago. And tonight is that reunion show. We do we try to do one reunion show every year. Sometimes we get two in. Um, but tonight is that. So if you're listening to this, you missed it. <laughs> because the podcast comes out on Tuesdays. So unfortunately, I can't really advertise it. But we're playing. We 
by the time you're listening to this, we have played, and I'm sure it will be an awesome show as well. As you are listening to this, on Tuesday, I am in the studio with Brad Thompson recording his new album. Um, we're recording nine songs for uh, his newest release, which will be great. Aiden Bubeck on bass. I'm playing drums. We're just going to lay rhythm tracks tomorrow, and then they will start overdubs with all the other instruments after I've left and gone back to Texas. Oh, I'm trying to remember how to drive around in this in Texas. It's so weird to come back home, but so many things have changed that it's like a lot of things are different. Pretty crazy being gone for 10, 20 years from somewhere that you grew up and kind of watching it change year to year. Wild. Fort Worth at Texas is a super cool place. If you haven't been here, you should check it out. It's like a small town, even though there's over a million people there now. And uh, a lot of cool restaurants and music venues and live. There's a great live music scene here. So a lot of fun. Anyway, uh, I just wanted to preface today's actual podcast topic, which is one that I've been developing for quite a while, and you're going to hear part one of three parts, and the, the, the second and third part may only be available on the Drum Mantra YouTube channel. I haven't decided yet because this is a drum lesson. It's a very special one. It's a groove meditation. And if you're not familiar with the drum mantra groove meditations, what they are is a series of exercises where at least two limbs, but usually three limbs, are playing a fairly complex ostinato groove pattern. And then the fourth limb is going through a series of permutations. So you're doing a lot of repetitions of the groove, hence meditation, repetition, meditation, and then the focus is on one actual limb that goes through different permutations, meaning downbeats, E's, ands, uhs, eighth notes, E's and uhs, and then sometimes some polymetric figures like every fifth, sixteenth note, every third, sixteenth note. And then the groove might be in four, it might be in twelve, it might be in seven, it might be in five. And in this particular instance, today, the groove meditation is in five. And... I started this, and you're going to hear about the whole history of what I did once I start the audio for the podcast, so I'm not going to give it away. I'm going to just let you hear it. I don't want you need to hear it twice, but I will tell you this. This groove meditation is in five, and it has a lot of history, and I think you're going to enjoy it. I started developing the idea for it in November, and... Um, Wanted to release at the beginning of January and thought I'd wait, but given the circumstances, hint, hint, I decided to release it early. Um, this will be the lesson of the month for February for the drummontra.com members area, and there is also an area where it's kind of membership light where you get the lesson of the month each month. Um, so you sign up. And you have one very robust series of exercises that you work on for the entire month. Each month, the lesson changes. And uh, right now, we're in a rotation of about 15 lessons. So every month, for 15 months, you won't repeat. 
And these things will give you plenty of stuff to work on. So if you want to just kind of dip your toe into the Drum Mantra membership but not go fully into it, you can sign up for the um, Lesson of the Month Club at drummantra.com. Otherwise, the, the full membership where you have access to me and access to tons of lessons and um, the community of Drum Mantra members, then you can also get in that way. Okay, well, without further ado, I present to you the newest groove meditation in the Drum Mantra canon. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Rich Stitzel here. Thank you for tuning in. Today's lesson is uh, its a little emotional for me because it's something that I created in November, and I had, uh, I had this idea that I would release it at the beginning of the year, the beginning of 2020. I was going to release this lesson pack and I had a vision of going through some of the channels with Sabian. I'm wearing a uh, my Sabian shirt that they just sent me the other day and uh, I was going to hopefully talk to Chris Stanky, the artist relations, our artist relations person at Sabian and try to get this lesson to Neil Pert of Rush. Um, and I kind of had this fantasy that Neil would hear the hear the exercises in this lesson, and you know my my biggest fantasy was to to try to play these exercises with him and film them. I had this this grand uh, kind of vision and fantasy of of doing this, and and then at the beginning of the year I decided to hold off because I wasn't sure that my students at DrumMantra.com. I didn't want to hit them so hard at the beginning of the year with such a such a massive lesson. So I waited and I'm I'm sorry that I did because Because Neil passed away a week ago. And um, I didn't think it would hit me this hard. And it hit the drumming community really hard. Because so many of us became drummers because of him. <laughs> and even though when we become a professional drummer, there are hundreds of people that influence us and inspire us to learn our craft. But there's something about that first person
crazy. I didn't think I was going to be emotional about this. Um, of course, I was in the seventh grade. I started to play the drums and um, started taking lessons. And in the summer after seventh grade, and then I went into my eighth grade year, my band director was a drummer. So he played me, this was in 1983, and he played me moving pictures and played me Tom Sawyer. And he played Tom Sawyer on the drums, and I just was like, I, I couldn't believe it. And I grew up listening to all kinds of really heavy players. I mean, I grew up in a family of, of jazz musicians, and uh, I mean, I remember being five years old and listening to Romantic Warrior, Return to Forever, with Lenny White on drums, and listening to the Jocko solo album with Don Elias, or listening to Alex Acuna on Weather Report. So, I mean, I grew up listening to lots of super heavy, really great drummers. But it wasn't until I actually took on learning Tom Sawyer, which was the very first song I ever learned on drums was Tom Sawyer. And as a 13-year-old, brand new drum student, I mean, I was very serious, and I worked really hard, but to take ownership of a song so iconic as Tom Sawyer, and what you start to realize, you know, later in life when you see this whole body of work from Rush, is the drum parts are just so well created. Um, and, and Neil would play them the same pretty much, from the record to the concerts. And so, you know, one of the phenomena was going to a concert and seeing 10,000 people, and half of them were probably drummers, and they're all air drumming the exact fills that are being played. And it was such a, an amazing cultural experience to be like right in the middle of it and just, you know, have this, this connection so quickly to something that was accessible because the drum parts aren't necessarily hard. They're just really brilliantly created and brilliantly crafted in a way that they're very memorable. The reason I have this and the reason I have this in this video right now is because I bought these in 1983 because of Rush and I still own them. And I've had it, I've had hundreds of percussion instruments in my life. They've come and gone. For some reason, this has stayed with me the entire time that I've been a drummer. Third, this has been with me since 1983. That's 37 years. That's crazy. And the, one of the first things I learned on it besides, you know, just going... It's not even it's not even that amazing of a of a mark tree. I mean, I have tons of other mark trees, and but what I did with this when I was in the eighth grade was learned the very first couple melody notes of Witch Hunt from Moving Pictures album. Uh, let's see here.
that's it. That's what I did in the eighth grade. <laughs> but uh, I just thought it would be amazing to pull this back out and, and have that, that memory and that connection of this instrument from that period still in my life. This has also been in my life since then. I, I've had this triangle for that amount of time. I have, t- I have dozens of triangles. I have really, really good triangles. This, I have no idea where it came from, but I've literally had it my entire life. Uh, this is not the beater that I had, but I just grabbed one of the beaters out of, out of uh, my triangle box. And, of course, this isn't the instrument on the song, but this is the instrument that I used to think about the rhythm that is so iconic that when I play it, you're going to know exactly the song I'm talking about. YYZ. YYZ is uh, the airport code for the airport in Toronto. And this rhythm is actually Morse code for that airport. That's amazing. It's such a great rhythm. And that's Morse code. It's a rhythmic language, Morse code. course I didn't know that when I was in the eighth grade I just knew the rhythm and I knew the rhythm as a rhythm I I knew it as an entire pattern um, the the folklore of the of then probably some uh, other kid or who knows said oh that's in seven or I don't remember what the time signature I think someone said it was in seven and so the 13-year-old me was like, okay, it's in seven. Bing, ba-bing, bing, bing, ba-bing, bing, 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 ba bum I never tried to analyze it. I never tried to put it into, uh, I never tried to put that to the test and try to figure out, is that really true? Is it really in seven? I just sort of, okay, I believed it, and I knew how to play the rhythm and eventually learned how to play the song on the drum set. And um, it wasn't until many, many, many years later that I heard that rhythm and I started trying to count it in seven, and no, it's not in seven, it's in five. One, two, three, four, 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 five. Okay, so it's in five. That was good to know. Just a good piece of thing to replace the fiction with a fact. The beginning of YYZ, the Morse code for the airport in Toronto is in the time signature 5-4. Great. Okay. Fast forward more years and the drum mantra started to come into fruition, started to develop. And I started to study polymetric cycles Cycles of dotted eighth notes, cycles of five note groupings, cycles of five note groupings. What can happen in a measure of 5-4 is as 16th notes with the subdivision, you can play every fifth 16th note and get four evenly spaced notes across 
a bar of 5-4. So you're in 5-4, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, but you're accenting every 5th, 16th note. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. 1, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 1. So I started to understand things that we could do to manipulate the time by throwing in the concept of a polymetric relationship. The something that has the same subdivisions but different durations. A quarter note is four sixteenth notes. And then a five note grouping would be five sixteenth notes. So those things cycle through each other. So in that space of 5-4, you can have five quarter notes, or you can have four evenly spaced groupings of five sixteenth notes. Okay? Then all of a sudden, on a sound check, just recently, like in the fall, um, Chris Cominti, a bass player I play with all the time, at sound check went And I thought, that's in five. And I was reminded that of YYZ because I hadn't listened to it forever. And I knew it was in five and I knew what could be done with it. So I, I set out to start creating an exercise that would incorporate that Morse code pattern into a drum mantra style exercise, which if you've been with me for a while, you know that the drum mantra groove meditations are usually a three-limb ostinato, which goes on and on and on, and then the fourth limb goes through a series of permutations. So you're focusing on one limb as the limb that's doing movement, while the other three limbs are doing an ostinato. In the case of this rhythm, the beginning of YYZ, the Morse code from Toronto Airport, the, the three-limb ostinato is going to be happening between the ride cymbal, the snare drum, and the bass drum. Now, this doesn't happen in the YYZ song. This is just taking that intro rhythm and turning it into an exercise for polymetric coordination. And so here's what we're going to do. Let's first, what I did was it, we had ding, do, dun, 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 do, dun, 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 do, do, dun. That's the first phrase. And as, as you remember in the Rush tune, there's a chord. There's like a little melody happening. That melody, I extended to be a six measure long phrase. That way, we could start incorporating some dotted eighth notes eventually. So it's a six measure long phrase of ding, da, ding, 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 da, ding, 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 da, da, want. Right, that. So let's do this. Let's play four repetitions of that six measure long phrase just on the ride symbol just to get that pattern happening. Ding, da, ding, 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 ding. Okay, here we go.
Okay, great. Now, for starters, before we get really crazy with the kick and snare pattern, let's just keep it right on the quarter note beat, right on the pulse. We're going to play one on the kick, two on the snare, three on the kick, four, five on the snare. Boom, bop, boom, bop, bop. One, two, three, four, five. So let's just listen to the, the YYZ phrase, six measure long phrase, while we play just that quarter note groove. We'll do four repetitions of the six measure long phrase. Okay, here we go. Okay, now we're going to, now this might take some coordination, we're going to play that same groove with a kick and the snare, but we're going to add the ride cymbal, bing, ba, bing, 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 ba, bum, 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 ba, ba, with the groove, same process, the six measure long phrase, four times, here we go. Okay, great. Now that you have that, and you've probably had to work on it a little bit, it took me some time to get that happening, so make sure you've got that super solid because the, that's just the ostinato. Now we get to focus on the actual portion of the exercise that has the movement, the left foot. This is a left foot focused drum mantra groove meditation. So we're just going to go through all the permutations of, of single note placement with the left foot starting with quarter notes. One, two, three, four, five. 
Again, we're gonna play the, the three limb ostinato groove that we just worked on. And we're gonna play chord notes. Okay, well, there you have it. That is basically the introduction to the new Groove series, YYZ. It's so crazy that that rhythm is actually Morse code. It would be so much fun to look into more Morse code and sort of see what that rhythmic language can do. I've never, I've never even considered it until this. And of course, the list of things that I have going on in my life that I'm trying to check off continues to grow as I check them off. I can never keep up with everything I want to do and everything I have to do. But at some point, maybe I'll just put it on the list to say research Morse code and maybe experiment with some words or actually learning the language. It would be crazy to be able to, to speak Morse code as rhythms while drumming. That'd be wild, especially if you were able to like speak actual sentences in rhythm that people who understood Morse code would get. You know, and come to think of it, drummers should know Morse code. It's rhythm, long and short. There's no pitch to it. It's just combinations of long and short. That'd be an interesting study but that might be for another lifetime and that other lifetime morse code not, might not even exist it might not have ever been invented because i don't know maybe you come back in a life where there's never been a war and there's never been need for secret code who knows but i hope you have a great week whatever you're practicing i wish you the best anytime you are doing a drum mantra exercise make sure you post it and tag me so I can check it out and, and share it. And um, there, there are lots of different places you can find Drum Mantra. Instagram, Facebook. There's a Drum Mantra Facebook page. There's a Drum Mantra study group on Facebook where we post exercises and people post themselves playing exercises. And there's lots of, lots of places to find, find Drum Mantra things. Drum Mantra 3030 on Facebook is a group and a place that you can get information on the 3030 course, which... I highly recommend that course. It's killer. People love it. It just is a total game changer with how you play and how you think about rhythm and time. And I can't recommend that enough. And you can find that at drummantra.com. Please subscribe to this podcast. If you're not subscribed yet, I really appreciate the subscriptions and ratings and reviews. All of that stuff really helps uh get this podcast more visible in searches and I really appreciate it. I'm really trying to commit and I think I've, I think I'm, I'm almost month four of consistent weekly podcast posts, which I think is a record for me because there was a time where I would leave several weeks between each one, but uh, I'm in, I'm down 2020. I'm on it. So I've got a lot of great stuff coming up for you. 
and I really enjoy doing this, and I'm glad that you're appreciating the uh, work I'm putting into it. And you can show your support by subscribing, giving me a review, giving a rating. And uh, also, feel free to go to the Drum Mantra YouTube channel and subscribe, because a lot of stuff is starting to get posted over there as well. A lot of lessons, a lot of interviews, so come on into the Drum Mantra world. I'm trying to make it as cool as I can for you all. All right. Have a great week. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Drum Mantra Podcast. Your time and attention is much appreciated. I would love it if you went to the iTunes store and left a rating. And please share this with anybody that you think would like to go deeper with their practice. Take care.